And for today in chapter 30 of Deuteronomy, um, and we're going to close with Deuteronomy chapter 34, that's the ending chapter where Moses dies, and he's literally, literally buried by God. All right, who has ever said that they were buried by God? I don't think so, anybody. But Moses was. It's amazing. So we're going to end the story with Moses' life, his legacy. But in Deuteronomy 30, in verse 11, that's where we're going to start. Verse 11, Moses is giving one last commandment to the children. And for us today, our theme is, we don't have any slides, but our theme is making the right choice. Making the right choice. Moses is going to say, Israelites... You have two options. You can either choose life or you can choose death. It's pretty self-explanatory, but he's going to go into more deeper detail. But life and death is what we have to decide for us today as well. The choices we make could end up being life-making choices or the consequences could lead to destruction or death. So you and I, we're going to talk about what does it mean to make the right choice. Let's look at Deuteronomy 30, verse 11, what Moses is saying to them. Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up to heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word, you can underline that, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. Verse 15. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to this day that, I, that you will certainly be destroyed." You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. You can underline that phrase. So that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's pray, and then we're going to dig deeper into this. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, that your word tells us your own word is not even far away from us. It's right here. It's near us. I pray that we would take advantage of that. God, I pray that we would also understand what it means to make the right choice. God, we live in the 21st century. There are so many decisions and choices that we have to make, and some can be long-term effects. Lord, some of them are just petty decisions. God, every, every decision we make, I pray that it would honor you, Lord, that we would honor um, you with our, our lips, God, our, our physicality, Lord, our emotions, our, our mind. God, I, I pray that we would just give you our all and go before us now as we study your word. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. In Deuteronomy 30, again, the Israelites are given the choice. Now, Israelites, you are about to enter a promised land. Not even Moses, not even Moses could go in. Because God said, because you made a stupid decision, Moses, and rebelled against me, you are not even to enter the land. Only this generation would. And so Moses says, before you guys go in, you guys are going to be entered in by Joshua, my right-hand man. And we're going to get into Joshua next week. But as you go in, you're going to have to make a decision, a choice. You're going to have to choose whether you want to live or die. It is your choice. 
And this is what he says to them in verse 11. Look what he says here. Now, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult or beyond your reach. This is not a difficult decision for some of us that know God, that know his word, that know what it means to live for a Christian. It's not really a difficult decision. But if you're coming out of the world and its passions and its desires, this could be a tough decision. But God says plainly, look at, look at verse 15, I set you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. And he gives them two options. He says, you can choose to live for me, and I'm going to give you life. I'm going to give you it abundantly. I'm going to give you prosperity. I'm going to bless you. But you can turn away from me. You can turn to follow this world and follow other gods, which they would. We're going to get into that later. And he says, if you want to do that, then destruction is at your doorstep. And God would plainly say, I am, I am not destroying you. You are destroying yourselves. Isn't that the same for us today? That we can't really blame God for every little thing. And we can't even really blame Satan for every little thing that happens to us. Sometimes it's just us making stupid decisions that we make every day. You guys have to make a choice of everything every day. You chose to what, what you wanted to wear this morning. Am I right? Maybe you even set it out before, the night before. Anybody like that? You're a clean freak. You've got to know your clothing, attire, what you're wearing the night before. I used to be like that. Now I'm just like, I'm just going to put something on. All right? Now, I did have to choose whether the gray shirt or the blue shirt. I chose blue. All right? I had to make a choice. It was a tough one, but I did it. It was well worth it. Took about 12 seconds, but it was good, all right? You may have to make a choice about clothing, which is a petty decision. You may have to make a choice of what college you go to. That's a pretty big decision. You may have to choose of what you're going to do next year. If you're still in high school and you're going to be a senior next year, you're going to be a junior, you're always thinking of the next year. What classes am I going to take? What am I going to start studying? What do I want to be when I grow up? The top three decisions that I think that every Christian and every person really should make, but especially Christians... Number th the top three decisions you need to make, that I need to make, number one is your relationship with Jesus. That is the number one priority and decision you will ever make in your entire life because that is literally life or death. That's the gospel. Number two, biggest, next, next, big, next biggest decision is who you're going to marry. That's number two. Who's your soulmate, all right? That is a number two decision you're going to have to make of who you're going to marry. Number three is what you're going to have for breakfast the next day. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that is a big decision in my house. But, no, number three is career. What are you going to do when you grow up? What's your job? What talents and gifts has God given you for you to use for his glory and his kingdom? Maybe even go into the secular world, but as a Christian, the secular world, the corporate world, needs Christians. All right? And so God is saying, those are the top three decisions you're going to make. So, I mean... Even the, even the pettiestness of, like, you're deciding what clothes to wear. It's not, that's not really a life or death situation right there, all right? You're not going to die over wearing pink instead of green or whatever. But maybe going to college, maybe who you hang out with in college, the decisions you make every day matter. And that's what Moses was telling the Israelites. The decision you're about to make, Israelites, going into the promised land is either going to be life or death right at your doorstep. What are you going to choose? And whom are you going to choose? That's what Moses gives the Israelites. But I want to make sure that everyone understands, Moses, through God's Spirit, gives us the answer on how to make right choices in our own lives today. And it actually is back, go back, it's in verse 14. Verse 14 of chapter 30, he gives us the answer. How do you and I make right choices even today? This is about 5,000 years ago when Moses is writing this. 
How do you and I make the right choice right now? Verse 14. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. How do we make the right choices? Foundation of God's word. That's what Moses is saying. You've got to know this law. You've got to know your word, your Bible, to make right decisions and right choices every day. To make life-changing choices. If your foundation is not on the solid rock of Christ and his word, then you're just going to make any decision you want. If it's not found through prayer and reading his word, it's probably not going to be a good end result. Now some people, you can ask, like, well, how do the non-Christians do it? They make some good decisions and it goes well for them. Look, the Bible does make it clear. The rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. Sometimes the non-believers, they do get blessed. They don't know God. They don't even care to know God. And yet they do great things. They're prosperous. They make money. They're living well. Yeah, they don't know God. But the difference is, Moses is not talking about money. He's not talking about success. He's talking about your relationship with God and how he wants to bless you for your life. Because he clearly says in chapter 30, verse 19, when he says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. And then he even explains who this life is. Verse 20, I want you to love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, voice hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. The Lord is your life. So the people that are out there, the non-believers, they seem to be doing well, but they don't have one thing that every person needs for the next life. It's a relationship with Jesus. See, the money is their God, not for us Christians. The Lord is our life. His word is our foundation, and everything will flow from that. And Moses is telling them this. It's only by God's word. You can write this down. Psalm 1914. Psalm 1914 says this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing or acceptable in your sight, O oh my God. And that actually goes hand in hand with what Moses was saying in verse 14. The word is very near to you. It's in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. And so, and so the writer of Psalm 1914 is saying, may the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be pleasing in your sight, O oh my God. We have to make sure that this word flies off our lips and comes from our heart, that we know it firsthand, that we know who God is, that we don't struggle, we don't stutter of who the, who the God is in the Bible, that we know who he is. Moses says, let it not depart your lips and your, and your heart. May it be pleasing in your sight. God's word is very near to you. Look what it says. The word is very near you. You guys, I don't know how many times I can say this, but the Bible's over there on that, on that bookshelf. Many churches across, across the globe would die to have that. You think of China, who has to smuggle Bibles, illegally bring in Bibles just to have church service because it's forbidden to have Bibles. A lot of nations are like that. But for us to just have it right here in our laps, 50 or 60 of them sitting over there on the, on the shelf like it's nothing, it is near you. Take advantage of it. God is saying, choose life. Don't choose death. You can't say it. You can't blame God. Well, oh, everything went wrong in my life, and I can't believe this happened. Why did God do this to me? 
And God's been near us ever since. We kind of drifted away from him. Moses says, choose life. Don't go down the path of destruction. Don't go down the path that your friends are going down. You're going to have to make a choice daily of who you're going to serve and what you're going to do and how you're going to act and what you're going to say and what you're going to look like. Your friends at school, your teammates on the sports teams, even maybe family members that aren't saved, they're going to tell you something different. Say, no, you need to do this, you need to do that. It's going to be awesome. You can live the way we're living. It's great. See, sin is pleasing only for a moment. Hebrews tells us that. Sin looks good. It's pleasing for a moment. In the end, the wages of sin, Romans tells us, is death. It looks good, but it's sour on the inside, and it only leads to death. So the choices that you have to make, what words am I going to say? Who am I going to hang out with? That's your first choice. Are you hanging out with the right crowd? If it's compromising your faith, if it's compromising what God's word says, probably a crowd you shouldn't be hanging out with then. Moses makes it very clear that the, the word is near us, take advantage of it, make the right choice to choose life. It is very hard to do that though. In our 21st century now, there are so many things that we can just grab onto and just say, hey, this is, this is okay, this is fun, this is not hurting anybody or affecting anybody and it's not hurting me, everything's good. It may look good, but in the end, how does it affect people? How does it affect your life, your relationship with Christ? Yo, I can just watch this rated R movie. It's not going to affect anybody. not going to affect me. It's fine. Okay, that might be all right for you. How many more are you going to keep watching, though? Because before you know it, it does infiltrate your mind. And it leads to nothing. The things that we have to make choices of that seem petty, that seem kind of ridiculous, like how is that going to ruin my relationship with Christ? I've seen so many lives, friends of my own, that I've grown up with in high school, that made one wrong decision, and blew it all. There's a pastor that once said, you can build a lifetime legacy. It could take years to build a legacy. It could only take five minutes of sin to ruin it. It could take five minutes just to ruin your life because of decisions that we make, poor choices that we make every day. Don't think for a second, this won't affect me in the long run. Yes, it will. And God won't destroy us we destroy ourselves. Don't blame God for it. Because God told the Israelites, it's going to destroy you. I want to give you life and blessing, but if you want to turn away and worship other gods and do your own thing, you're only destroying yourselves. Moses also says, when you make the choice of life or death, it can either lead to prosperity or destruction. And later in the New Testament, that's the whole message of the gospel. The gospel is a matter between life and death. John 11, verse 25, you can write this down. Jesus would say, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? He's asking his disciples before he would go to the cross. I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. He would actually live. Wait, Jesus, I thought we all had to die. Oh, sure, everyone dies physically. But he's talking about spiritually. And I love this phrase. I don't know what Christian made it up, but it's a good Christian phrase. You're born twice, you only die once. You're born once, you die twice. What does that mean? Born twice, your physical birth and your spiritual birth. You only have to die once. 
physical death. Your spirit gets to live on in heaven. But only born once physically and never born again spiritually, you die twice. Physically and spiritually, it's called hell. Separation from a holy God. That's the gospel message. It is salvation between life and death, heaven or hell. It's the gospel message. And what are you going to choose? Well, Tyler, the choices I'm making really aren't life decisions and death, and it's not really there. It's like I'm just making small, simple decisions that won't really affect me in the long run. You never know, though, what decision you make may lead down to a life of blessing or may lead down a slippery slope. It may look good, but slower and slower as you go down the slope, it leads to death, destruction, spiritual death, maybe even physical death by the choices we make. Can't tell you how many choices that we make where even in the blink of an eye, it's gone. Moses makes it so strong to say, Israelites, the word of God is near you. Don't lose sight of it and make the right choice. And he actually tells them, he tells them the consequences. And then he tells them what they should choose. He spells it all out. And look what he says here in verse 16. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands. Then you will live and increase and the Lord will bless you. He says, but if you don't want to do that, it's your choice. But here's what happens. If your heart turns away and you are not obedient, see, it's about your heart. It's always the heart issue with God. If your heart wants to turn away and be disobedient and you're drawn away, just how we are today, sin looks so enticing. And in Hebrews chapter 12, it's the sin that easily entangles us. We get so easily drifted and enticed by sin because it looks good. And Moses is saying, Right here in verse 17, if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare you to this day that you will certainly be destroyed. Because my blessing is not going to be upon you. You're on your own. I love you. I wish you well, but I don't want to see you go down this path. But I have to let you make a choice. That's the loving nature of our God. If you were to say, no, you're going to stay here. I'm, I'm, I'm forcing you to stay here. Well, then we're not making a choice. God says, I have to let you make a choice. And it happened all the way in the Garden of Eden. We know the story. The classic story of Adam and Eve in the garden with the fruit that they had to make a choice of whether they would eat it or not. Seems easy. Oh, I would have done better than Adam and Eve. I don't know if we would have. It's the human heart. It just shows you the heart is deceitfully wicked. We want to be our own God. So God says, you can choose. You can choose what you want to do. But I am giving you the best option and it's life. You can choose death, but it leads to nowhere. I want to give you the best, and that's life. And then he also says in verse 20, Love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. Choose him. That's why when Jesus says, do you believe this? That if, if you know I'm the resurrection and the life, and you believe this, and you follow me, if you choose me, you're going to have life. Does it mean you're going to have bumps in the road, and you're gonna, or you're going to have a perfect Christian life from now on? No. It means you'll have bumps in the road, you're going to have to go through trials. That's what the Christian life is. But you know in your heart, you've got the joy of the Lord, and you know, I've got life. And I know where I'm going when I die. The assurance of that. I honestly don't know how non-Christians get around. I, I don't know how they have the hope. I don't know, I don't know what they do. 
They're living for right now. That's, that's their life. They're living for right now. I'm living for eternity. I'm living for eternity. And that's what Moses says. Choose life. Choose it right now. And for you high schoolers, it's a big decision right now, even in our generation. What are you going to choose? Well, let me just get through high school and I'll hang out with these friends. And then when I leave them and go to college, I'll make new friends and then I'll be Christian. See, we, we could play this game all along the whole way in our life. Compromise after compromise. Start now. Start now and choose life. Three things I want to leave you and then we'll close with this. Three, three things I want to leave you that Moses says for, uh, for us to do to have the life that God wants us to have. But we have to do these first three things. Number one, love the Lord. And he says that in verse 16 and verse 20. Love the Lord your God, it starts with a loving relationship with our Father, our Heavenly Father. We have to love Him in order to have an abundance of life and to have a hope and insurance of heaven. He says, love the Lord your God. Number two, learn from the Lord. And that comes from also from 16 and verse 20, where it says, walk in His ways and hold fast to Him. We have to learn from the Lord. After you love the Lord, you learn from Him. You walk in His ways. Walking in His ways means you are just constantly gleaning from the Lord and learning from his word. But again, it starts from there. It starts from the word. It's not far from you. It's right there. It's near you. Hold on to it. Hold fast to it. God's going to show you. He's going to reveal things to you through his word and through prayer that you would never have thought or anticipated before. So he says, learn from the Lord. Learn from him as you go into this new land. And number three, listen to the Lord. How hard is that to do? Listen to the Lord. It's found in verse 16. Keep his commands. And then also in verse 20, listen to his voice. How much noise do we have in our generation right now with social media, Hollywood, TV, video games? How much noise is out there that is just junk? It's just junk. That Satan, the world, is trying to throw at us to get us distracted off the path that leads to heaven. It says, now go down this way, go down this way. There's so much noise that is trending in our lives and in our minds. You go on Facebook, you see everything that the latest trend is going on. It's just noise. I think of Elijah the prophet. You guys know Elijah? In the Old Testament, Elijah the prophet was a man after God's own heart. He was, a, he was on fire for the Lord, all right? But he also had some weaknesses. He was afraid. He was afraid of the queen and king, Ahab and Jezebel. Jezebel was a wicked, nasty woman, okay? One of the most wickedest woman, women woman in our history, all right? She was nasty. And she goes and hunts down Elijah to kill him. Elijah, this prophet of God, this man of God, he knows he's protected by God, nothing can harm him. Uh-oh, no, he runs like a little schoolgirl. No, Jezebel, no. He goes and hides in caves. He's scared of Jezebel. And then God meets him in a cave. God meets him. And he shows him kind of these little shows with fire and earthquake and the wind. And Moses, and I'm sorry, not Moses, Elijah. Elijah's just like taken over, he's overwhelmed. There's this, there's this firework that God throws at at Elijah. There's this wind that God throws at Elijah. There's this earthquake that Elijah experiences. And God says, Elijah, I'm not in the fire. I'm not in this earthquake. I'm not in the wind that's all around you. You may see all this and then get distracted, but I'm not in any of that. And then he hears a still, small voice, a whisper, call out Elijah's name. And he says, this is where I am. I'm a still small voice, Elijah, but you haven't been able to hear me because there's been so much noise. How much noise is in our life 
where we get distracted and are just on a path to destruction. It's funny that we can say, well, God's not speaking to me. I haven't really heard from God. Maybe take the headphones off of this culture and start listening to God through this. This is God's headphone to you, all right? This is the greatest headphone from Apple that you'll ever have. What's the latest headphone now, Dr. Dre or whatever it's called? This is it. This is how you're gonna listen to God. Stop listening to all the noise junk because God is speaking to us. We just don't hear him. But Moses is saying, if you listen to the Lord, if you listen to his voice, he's going to speak to you. He's going to tell you, I'm here for you. I love you, and I've got a plan for you. You just need to follow me. Love him, learn from him, listen to him. In the close, Moses says to choose life because the Lord is your life. Without God, we wouldn't be here today. He sustains us. He keeps the whole universe in check. He monitors it. Like we monitor, like we, you know, in my house, I always check the thermostat. I'm always monitoring that. And my wife will always go back and forth. And I'm like, no, stop, all right? I control it. Men like to control things, all right? So I'm trying to learn that. But as I monitor basically the thermostat, God is monitoring the entire universe. Have you ever thought about that? He literally does hold the whole world in his hand. Choose him. I'm not going to choose death because it leads to nowhere. It just leads to a depressing life that ultimately will be separated from God once I leave this earth. So I'm choosing life. And who's with me? Anybody going to choose life in here? I hope you raise your hand. I just, I just gave a great message and I, like, let the Lord be your judge. All right. But as we close, think about that. The choices that I make today, could they affect me tomorrow? The choices that I make today, could they affect me in the next year? The choices that I make today, could it affect me in my lifetime? There are choices you're going to have to make every single day, whether petty or whether powerful. It's still a choice. God says, choose me. Choose life. And I'm going to bless you for that. Learn to listen to God's voice with all the chaos and noise that is all around us. Learn to hear from him. He's speaking to you right now. Some of you haven't been listening, though. Is he speaking to you right now, or some of you have just shut him, shut him off? He's speaking to you right now, but some of you don't know it's his voice. God wants to meet you where you're at. Some of you are in the cave that Elijah was in. And you're seeing all the hoop and holler and everything that's going around. But God says, I'm not in that. I'm just in this still, small voice. Listen to what I have to say. I love you. I've got you covered. And I want you to choose me. Because God says he chose us before the creation of the world. Did you know God chose you before he even created the universe? He chose you. It's kind of a hard to think with our minds because it's just finite. It's like, it just boggles my mind. If he chose you, I'm going to choose him right back. Amen? Let's pray. I want to pray for you guys. And as we finish school, I pray that even today you'd make the right choice that may affect tomorrow. And don't look at something that's, that it says, oh, that's not going to affect me, that's not going to hurt me, it's not going to harm anybody. That may very well be that decision that does do that. It may do, it may do damage. 
So choose life. Choose the Lord because he loves you. Let's pray. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.